A year ago, these uh, cops and lawyers wouldn't dare cross any of you. I mean, what happened? So what are you proposing? It's simple. Kill the Batman. <laughs> Here's my card. Bruce, this is Harvey Dent. Rachel's told me everything about you. I certainly hope not. You once told me that we'd be together. Did you mean it? Bruce, don't make me your only hope for a normal life. You're Alfred, right? That's right, sir. Any psychotic ex-boyfriends I should be aware of? Oh, you have no idea. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's entertainment. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host Elias Roush. Today we are discussing the Dark Knight, the 10th anniversary of this action crime drama. One of the best movies of all time. I'm telling you, we are going over it today. What do you say? Let's do it. The Dark Knight, directed by Christopher Nolan. When the menace known as the Joker emerges from his mysterious past, he wrecks havoc and chaos on the people of Gotham. The Dark Knight must accept one of the greatest psychological and physical tests of his ability to fight injustice. This movie is directed by Christopher Nolan, written by Jonathan Nolan, screenplay Christopher Nolan, story Christopher Nolan, by David S. Goyer, and Bob Kane. This movie was produced for $180 million and grossed $534 million domestically, foreign $469 million, which brings us to a total of worldwide $1 billion. Four hundred thousand one one sorry one billion four thousand five hundred and fifty eight million four hundred forty four dollars yeah so it is a mega it is a mega this is the behemoth of them all this is this is the dark knight so as you can see I've got a little bit of excitement discussing this movie we have. <laughs> It's uh, it's kind of a big deal. It's been ten years since we've seen this movie. It's uh, I still remember it just like it was yesterday. I saw it maybe three to three to four times. I want to say in theaters, and I never saw movies multiple times. Maybe once or twice at most. But this was a movie that was breaking cinema history. Just not only from the acting standpoint of having you know Christian Bale, Heath Ledger as the Joker. Aaron Eckhart, you know, it's Harvey Dent, Michael Caine, and Maggie Gyllenhaal, Gary Oldman, Morgan Freeman. We've we've got a hell of a stacked cast, and we have an amazing director and uh, writers and creators behind the scenes. So we just had a, a a brew of like all the best things you could think of, and it's being mixed together in this little cauldron to make what we call the Dark Knight. I'm I'm telling you, if you have not seen this movie, you have got to see this movie. I do not understand what you're doing. Still listening to this, not seeing this movie. So, therefore, if you have not seen The Dark Knight, I would very highly suggest, you know, checking that out before we go much further. 
um, it's a little bit difficult to talk, I guess, you know, and spoiler free. I mean, who hasn't seen this? Who has not seen this movie? That's, that's the real question. So I wanted to re release this little quick snippet before we go into the, uh, the full review. Right now, I'm currently about to start the movie, so I wanted to get this introduction up and out and produced before we actually began the, um, the show. So, um, all right, everyone, this is your final opportunity. I definitely think you should, you ch should check it out. This is not a spoiler bumper I'm about to do, but this is just a, a warning that we're about to discuss the movie, and I think you definitely have to see this movie. Um, we're still going to have a spoiler-free section coming up, and then we're going to have a spoiler section to follow. So, as uh, as I, I say, check out, rate, share, subscribe on the YouTubes, uh, SoundClouds, all the popular podcast apps that you can possibly find. Uh, our Lucky Dog Podcast on Twitter. Um, check it all out. We are going to discuss The Dark Knight here, right now. So one of the many pros of The Dark Knight are the music, the sounds, the, the effects, the way it makes you put yourself into this film. It feels amazing. Uh, among other things, Hans Zimmer has brought this movie to the next level. He's the composer and he is always on some Dark Knight, uh, Christopher Nolan, Jonathan Nolan-esque uh, productions. So he brought a lot to this. Um, like I said, music, acting, lighting and composition I think is on par like no other Batman movie um can't think of too many that uh that mirror this composition and how they shoot the individuals um there's just memorable memorable scenes and memorable characters the humor is sprinkled in perfectly I think that because it is the Joker you have to have some uh kind of dark comedic humor and even uh whether it's uh, introducing a character or having fast dialogue and just sprinkling in just a little bit of humor, it's it's really done really well. Um, the tech generally holds up uh, pretty well for, for 10 years. I'd say this is uh, doing pretty well for a 10-year-old movie. I think one of the biggest complaints I'd have is maybe the um, the tech on the screens, like a telephone screen or a computer screen might just look a little bit outdated, but I mean, if that is my biggest complaint on the tech side, I mean, all the bat gear looks like it's, uh, timeless. The, the, the bat gear, the Batmobile, one of the best, bat cycle, the, I mean, all of the tech really seems grounded. So, uh, one thing I, another thing I really like about this movie is that it has something to say about not only just uh, the security of the nation and how much security should be involved in protecting the citizens, but uh, also how we perceive citizens versus prisoners versus regular citizens. I mean, there, there's a lot going on behind the scenes of this um, this beloved comic book movie, which is the furthest from any comic book we've ever seen. So... I think the fighting in the Dark Knight, I'm going to I'm going to say this is a pro, is better than the majority of the other Dark Knight series uh 
when it comes to choreography, but I, I don't think that The Dark Knight um, and all of the movies does that great of a job at uh, shooting fighting scenes. I think they really should have somebody else professionally come in. I don't know, like the John Wick crew or something like that, come in and shoot the, the scenes because I don't think Christopher Nolan and company are the best with choreography. But I did put this as a pro, and when saying that, I think that the fighting and uh, the action in this is done better than the majority of both, uh, all three movies. Um, time, once again, it, everything's always about time and construction, building, puzzle pieces, like everything has to be according to place. Um, and no matter if we're talking about Batman or if we're talking about the Joker or anyone else, it's all about all according to the plan, all according to the schedule. And um, it's a big Nolanism in all of their movies. And when I say Nolanism, I mean just one of the uh, the constructs that define their movies. And when I say their movies, I mean Christopher Nolan, Jonathan Nolan, the, the, the Nolan brothers, and whoever else is behind their production companies. But I do have some things that uh, I did notice I wasn't too fond of with the movie. I know that people are going to be, oh hell, bring the pitch for us, bring it all, and oh goodness, we're going to come. No, 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 don't get all hyped down, all hyped up. I just wanted to discuss a couple of the uh, not-so-hot things that um, I did notice after watching this film. Um, I, this is probably the first time I've really watched the film for uh, 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 what is it? Uh, um, the mise-en-scene of the movie. I mean, I definitely talked about, you know, staging, cinematography, lighting, all that. The majority of it I really like, but there is some things about the film that I thought could be improved. I noticed that the first, um, when there wasn't an action scene going on, the... I wouldn't say lower points, but the parts that didn't have action going on, I felt were a little bit edited, uh, a little bit jumbled. Now, when I say jumbled, I mean they weren't smooth transitions into the next scene. Now, when it gets to the sec, I'd say there's almost like five acts in this movie. I mean, it's, it's an incredibly uh, complex movie, and in two and a half hours, um, a lot goes on. I'd say that the first two, I don't know, the first hour does have some choppy editing for me. I, I, I didn't notice it when I first watched it. Um, just sometimes they, they'll have a scene and they'll cut to the next scene and it doesn't exactly feel like the two scenes uh, connect. And uh, when it comes to the third, fourth, and fifth acts, I, I, which I feel there definitely are, um, the scenes connect a lot more. You know, they'll talk about going going away on a vacation and then they'll cut to a boat you know it makes sense like some of the scenes in the first uh first half well they don't exactly they're kind of more just like uh you know here's a character doing this here's an intro of a character doing that here's another character doing this you know and yes these are big characters that we all know it's uh you know it's batman and we see harvey dent and we're introduced to uh uh maggie gyllenhaal's um character we we just don't have like smooth I, I don't feel like it's as smooth as it could be so um that was one of my one of my biggest criticisms and that was only through the first two halves of the movie which makes me feel that 
they probably shot I don't, since this is a two and a half hour movie let's say they shot three to four hours and they had to cut out a lot at the front half of the beginning um, so yeah I thought that was um, something I definitely noticed but it tends to the editing tends to get better from scene the, the, that flows in from scene to scene um, toward the late latter half of the movie and it wasn't something I necessarily noticed the first time. You know, I don't. I don't think if uh, if, any, if any if you're not looking for it, I don't think you'll notice it quite much. But it was a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I, I felt it a little bit. So I thought the uh, <laughs> people people talk about uh, Batman voice and how some people do agree that the one thing the Man versus Super Superman versus the Man of Steel versus Batman movie, whatever. The one thing they did get right from that terrible movie was maybe giving him a, a voice box or something like that. Some people aren't as hot with uh, Christian Bale's Batman voice. Um, it doesn't bother me now. Um, I definitely didn't notice it at first, but you know, the more times people point something out, the more you'll notice it. Um, it it does feel like they probably should have had some sort of technology, given with all the technology he has, that he should have uh, had something to mask his voice and um, another thing I definitely noticed was that I think that this Batman is a lot more entitled um, than the other Batmans if I remember not like in the Nolan trilogy I'm talking you know like Michael Keaton and, um, and company I just the, the line that he says uh, he says one specific line after he saves a couple copycats of Batman uh you know what, what 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 makes us different and he says that I'm not wearing hockey pants like um does that mean he he's entitled to be a vigilante because he has the money because he's got the drive because he's got the skills I'm not really sure if they ever discussed it uh, now um we can discuss a little bit more later in this if you want to but um I don't know if that's entirely uh, accurate. I don't know if that's how I, I don't know if I like my Batman like that. I you know, it, I never really thought about it like that because it, it, it never occurred to me. But um, yeah, so uh, we'll we'll do a little scene by scene here, just because this is the ten year anniversary, and I want to talk about this a little bit more in depth. So the uh, this is obviously going to be uh, spoiler spoiler filled here in a minute so if you definitely haven't seen it i've already told you like three 300 times go see it go check this out you need to see this i don't want to spoil it for you i definitely told you a little bit too much more information that there's batman copies and stuff like that i mean this movie is so jam-packed there are so many different characters this is like a mini series of cinematic uh a dc cinematic universe all in the course of two and a half hours i mean there are so many different chords going on and different uh things that are being pulled it's just insane um we we have multiple bad guys i think i've counted one two uh three main dc bad guys if you if uh, if you've counted them i'm not a, a a comic book nerd or anything like that so i'm just counting based off of what i saw on screen i might have missed one or two but i mean if you want to count the uh this uh the uh the ones that are in there then yeah so I I, I, I want to get into spoilers here in a second. So let's start spoilers. Uh, Dark Knight, 10th anniversary, right now. 
so yeah this is uh an amazing movie we've you know by now hopefully you've already seen it don't spoil this jesus just stop turn the podcast off turn it off go see it go see it you know check it out and then come back and play it and you'll 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 learn you'll get a lot more out of it so uh yeah i definitely think the joker opening is unattested shot and edited beautifully like i said the high intensity of uh, the openings of each character batman joker harvey dent um they all have different uh highly high intense levels of uh <clears throat> I, I don't know charisma and uh stylistic flair that gives them different uh locations i guess it's kind of hard to explain but it each intro feels very different and it shows how something like suicide squad did not do a very good job they did an absolutely horrendous job doing several different openings this is this is how you do openings um for characters um the batman opening like i said uh i thought the batman opening was uh, it's it's awesome i thought it is a little dark the uh scarecrow scene you know it's nice to have that that character back um i kind of wanted a little bit more of that you know laughing gas because of the first movie but i guess they just didn't want to bring that flair back in um the first batman my my biggest thing was it was really dark and it was really hard to see in some of the parts i mean it's just a dark series as a as a whole but um but yeah this this was uh a really good intro you have the batman copies uh, i thought that was uh like i said earlier i don't know if this is entitled to um this entitles other vigilantes to dress like batman and uh to, to, to go do this crazy shit i mean the the reason it feels like christian bale's batman uh bruce wayne feels entitled to do this is because he has the money he has a tank he has he has the capabilities and he uh, i don't know he has the moral center and code i don't know i'm not really sure it is tested a little bit later as we do find out when later in the scenes with the joker um but yeah i thought that um the 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 scene's awesome. I mean, I I remember seeing this in theaters and it just blew me away. And I just thought it was it was another one. Another thing I did notice about this Batman is he is highly against guns. I mean, one of the first people he hits are uh, uh, a Batman replica. It's a Batman copy, and he destroys his gun because that is the first tone that that is the first time you see him uh, actually make a hit in this make make an appearance in the uh, Dark Knight movie. And it's him destroying a gun, and I think that means something very um, significant, tonally and thematically. Um, especially when it comes to what they messed up on the most recent Batman. Um, we do see Batman, you know, get get his ass whooped in this first scene when he's uh, taking out these copies and the mobsters and the scarecrow and getting ready to jump on the uh, the van. He is falling down. He is he is taking his time getting back up he is not just whipping back up out of you know like he just just took an adrenaline shot i mean this guy looks like he's an actual man that's feeling pain and uh you know i like that i i like that and it, it brings some realism in the um in the movie so um another thing i noticed uh following along into the next scene was uh the Batcave. I was always mixed feelings on the Batcave, and I've never liked the Batcave as much as I did last time I watched it. 
like uh, most recently as I watched it I thought that the Batcave has a sci-fi futuristic feel that it's almost less is more because almost the only thing you have in there is a couple desks the bat the batmobile and uh or the bat tank whatever the hell you want to call it and uh some screens I mean it is very minimal and just uh, an entire white sheet of light I don't like what was the the go-to design for the Batcave I, I have no idea because it seems like they were trying to keep it on the the budgetary low so I think that um it might they might have had planned to have a lot more in the Batcave but um I know that at the end of Batman Begins you know his house is destroyed and all that so he's living in the I think he's living in the penthouse and so he's uh yeah he's got all his stuff in this like little bunker under under uh I don't know some construction. I, I guess that's where Wayne Manor originally was, but um, yeah, I, I I heard this uh, actually was 180 million, and I think that it, it, every bit of that is shown on the screen. Not only when it comes to the acting, but it comes from the sound and the uh, the special effects. I mean, I just really think it works on many levels. At some points you notice that the writing is so sharp that it almost rhymes. I mean, seriously, when Harvey Dent is uh, introduced, I mean, they don't even have time for words. Sorry, I, I said they didn't even get a word in. They don't even get a breath in. I mean, some of the writing is so sharp, it, it literally just flows into the next line that the next person is going to say. So, um, it's sometimes that feels good. Other times that feels almost too um, um, David Finchery, I guess. I, I'm not sure which um, which one I'm thinking about right there. But it, it's almost too fast, too, uh, too quick. Um, almost expecting what they're going to say. So, uh, there's real doubts in Gordon's uh, unit from the beginning, and there's so much pre-planning that happens that uh, goes on um, within the front half of the movie that I don't know if I even... I, uh, critics definitely knew at the time how great this movie was, but I had no idea how early every scene how meticulous it was and how well it was crafted to make sure that it was laying track for um setups and payoffs later in the movie i think that you know them discussing gotham's white knight just uh having everyone at the table with uh bruce bruce wayne and um and uh, harvey dent i mean it's an incredible scene that you 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 get so much you get some of uh some of the charisma, some of the charm, some of the not-so-great qualities about Bruce. Um, you get all of the great things about Harvey Dent, and you you, you understand uh, where the die-a-hero or live long enough to become the villain um, comes from. And I never really agreed with that um, sentiment until I watched the movie and I understood it a little bit more. Um, I understand where, where it's coming from a little uh, um 
damn, we, we, we lost someone great when we lost uh, Heath Ledger. And I know majority of people would say, what would happen, you know, if he had, um, he had continued to live and continued the, uh, the trilogy? It, it would have been really interesting, to be honest. The next scene shows one of the most important scenes that anyone can remember from uh, cinematic history. This is when the Joker introduces himself to the mob and and really lays down the cards on the table. He, lay, he lays out all his cards on the table uh, about how his plan for the... Basically the plot for the rest of the movie, what it, what it should be. Um, and Heath Ledger is so good. I mean, I, I, you just can't say enough. I, I want to hear... Uh, what actors said about him when he was on set. After that, I have taken that sentiment for I don't know how long. I mean, that's that's that 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 is an amazing line. It's an amazing delivery, and it is an amazing performance. I can't I can't get it. I, it it's so good. It's it's scary. It's it's disturbing. It is. It feels real. Uh, for some reason, you, you see a guy in makeup. You see a guy doing all this crazy stuff, wearing purple suits. You think he's crazy. This is one of the most grounded depictions of someone that has lost their freaking mind um that i've ever seen on screen and it works it freaking works and it's amazing and uh they do a great job setting up gamble and his uh his uh proposition to have the joker killed which later you know comes comes back on him but um yeah this is an amazing scene the gangsters in the mob are a little bit uh I don't know, a little too mobbish, you know, super Italian to the to the nth degree, like '80s gangsters almost. Um, that's a that's one thing that could bother somebody if you want to look at this from the ten year perspective. But I mean, everyone is a little bit over the t over the top, so why not have the gangsters over the top as well? Um, like I said, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> tremendous job tremendous job he he does a lot of heavy lifting in the scenes that i would say that aren't uh as interesting otherwise i mean almost every every scene is shot pretty dynamically and it's uh in the way it's told and the story it's telling but the the score and the sounds elevate it to the next level the 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 joke the joker he kills a guy and jokes about it. I, I like. I can't say it. I can't say it enough. It's, it's crazy. It's this guy is insane. So uh, let's just hop to the next one because I could. I could literally do a whole podcast about how great Heath Ledger is. Uh, Batman, the Batman Harvey Dent and Gordon scene on top of um, on top of the uh, commissioner's building or, or 
police unit building or whatever. Um, that looked terrible. That looked like a hell of a fake ass set. It looked like almost Tommy Wiseau's level of the room. Just I could see like the fakeness around it. It did not look good. I, it's not going to age well, and I can see it right now. And it's uh, I think I watched 720p or something like that. So 4K is probably even worse. So that's going to be a, a hard to um, to re. I guess you might have to re-render or something like that. I'm not really sure how that works. Um, but this is where I felt a little bit of the choppiness of the, um, of the, um, of the story. So it, it, it kind of jumps around here to there, here to there. And I, I feel like they might've had one or two extra scenes in there that might've helped them feed into the next one. So, uh, the interaction between, uh, Morgan Freeman and Christian Bale always works good. They, 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 it's James Bond. It's, it's, it's James Bond with Batman, um, and Morgan Freeman is the Q. I mean, it's uh, it's really cool. I I enjoy their interaction. And something about Christian Bale with like old guys, he always seems to do like a good like um, like I'm learning and I'm learning from older, wiser men kind of like a thing. I don't know, like a um, I'm not sure if that would. I don't know. I, I'm not gonna propose that. I would have said that maybe. A younger Christian Bale maybe would have been a good Darth Vader if we would have seen him. I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah, I don't want to talk about that. But um, yeah, I I, I enjoy these scenes. They did a good job setting up a uh, gamble on the Joker. Like I said a little bit earlier, um, this is another uh, I would say traumatic scene. Um, let me let me find my spot again. This is, so, um, yeah, I, I remember the scene, uh, the gamble on Joker scene, like it was yesterday. I remember sitting in uh, the theater or something like that and seeing this, and I was scared shitless. It, uh, it truly shows how psychotic and brutal the Joker is. He is sadistic, and he doesn't give a shit. I mean, the, uh, the quickness of it, you, if you blink, you miss people getting taken out left and right he's he's fast he's quick he's agile and he's uh he's kind of a jokester um i mean I, he is the joker but um i don't i i can't believe this movie was geared toward children with uh how violent the joker is i'm not sure if like if the Joker was created today, I think there would be an extreme backlash of how violent the Joker is, especially towards, um, uh, well, I don't know if he's, he's violent towards specific children and women, but I mean, he's threatening a lot of people and, uh. I mean, it ends up being Dent that threatens the child, the child later. But I'm I'm just saying, I think there is potential for mega backlash if there was this type of brutality in a what you would say a children's movie because this is, could potentially be rated R. The only th reason it's not rated R is because we don't see blood, we don't see people saying fuck, we don't see you know, we don't hear that type of stuff. But this is a rated R movie, uh, toned down, very minusculely. But, um. It's it's crazy. It, it is absolutely crazy, and the Joker is sadistic. Tryouts.
the Joker is sadistic. So part of the reason they have Lao in the movie is so that they can fly to Hong Kong so they can bring him back. They literally bring him back Mission Impossible style. I think this is obviously, it's hard to just talk about this say this is a cool scene, this is a cool scene, this is amazing, this is amazing. I mean, it's shot beautifully. I mean, you look like you're flying with Batman at one point. You're watching him go from building to building. It is incredible. It, uh... I bet this was a cinematic masterpiece in IMAX, which, by the way, I wanted to mention that it's being re-released for the 10th anniversary in a couple of select cities. Check your local listings. It's for IMAX 70mm. It's going to be amazing, so I would totally check this out, but uh, I'm probably $500 away um, from doing that. It's a plane ticket to New York or San Francisco or San Antonio or one of those big cities. Um, but yeah, so check it out if you got a local listing. Um, I always thought that this was one of the better scenes in all of the Batman trilogies. Um, once again, dark as hell, but I can actually still see um, what the heck's going on. The re-entry into the plane, um, I actually, I, I think I heard the Bald Move guys talk about this was actually a real thing that people tried to do. Um, like attack some sort of balloon uh, thing that the plane would then connect to and it would bring the people back into the plane so I mean it, it, it is really cool technology if this is a really if it's based on real shit I mean that, that's intense um the uh, the the next scene show how the the mob is being taken down and how the the Joker is starting to plant the seeds of who who he's gonna take out next. Um, I think this is how the editing starts to get a little bit uh, sharper into the next few scenes. Um, it looks like they're expecting what the next scene should be, as opposed to maybe taking out a scene or two. The um, the scene with uh, Harvey Dent and Gordon and and uh, uh, the district attorney, the one where we have the hanging Batman jump scare. Oh my God, I remember that. It's always I remember that. No, I remember that in theaters like it was yesterday. I swear the entire crowd sheet their pants right then and there. It it got me the last time I watched when I was watching this the uh, last night. I was like. Oh my gosh! It's a literal jump scare, and uh, it it scares the shit out of you. There's a fucking Batman that's hanging right there, and he's uh, like got Joker paint all over him. It is freaking disturbing, 
and the fact that uh, they even thought that kids would be okay uh, seeing that is it's remarkable in my mind I mean that feels like rated R material right there I mean that thing just comes in and wham it, I mean it is scary as shit and uh, yeah I mean it did do a good job laying the groundwork with the Batman's uh, copycats and earlier, so um, we we did see this. I don't know if that tape that was attached with this guy would ever be um, played on like CNN or Fox News or any. I, mean, I don't know. It's 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 crazy. I mean, showing a disturbing video like that, it would be all over the news today. I mean, if if this was made today, everybody would be tweeting about it. Everybody would be YouTubing it. Everyone's social mediaing uh, post this movie. I mean, this is before you know Twitter and Facebook and all that were really big. Um, but it would be people would be going crazy. Um, I do think that the following scene with um, with Bruce entering his uh, gala party for Dent. He he really does come off as a douche. I mean, he is not like one of the most likable guys. Uh, you can kind of tell that he is. Uh, I don't know, a little stuck up, and uh, it it makes you wonder if this guy would ever actually be um, Batman in real life. I mean, I don't think that. I, I don't. I don't know. It's it's very difficult um, to say that this character would ever be helping anyone else because he just seems so self-conceited i don't know I, it it might just be the it, it definitely is the character it's not you know i'm not saying christian bell's self-conceited i'm saying the what they've written him to do it just doesn't sound it sounds like he cares more about himself uh a lot more than i remember to be honest so um the next few scenes the 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 48 minute mark is when shit hits the fan and Gordon's like don't drink that don't drink that and you know Christian Bale and uh sorry Bruce Wayne comes and takes Dent from behind and somehow he gets not he goes immediately to sleep I'm not sure how he's asleep like immediately but um he um uh he takes Dent and then the judge gets blown up I mean there is so much shit happening all within this like congruent timeline of uh, Joker's doings and it is intense the Joker cards are flying everywhere there's acid coming out of the cup or whatever the hell it was um, or cyanide or whatever um, there there is just craziness happening and then all of a sudden the Joker shows up at the party and it is like good evening ladies and gentlemen we are tonight's entertainment I only have one question. Where is Harvey Dent? You know where Harvey is? You know who he is? Hands up, free boy. So anyone listening, what you heard was... Uh, Christian Bell, Bruce Wayne, uh, disabling one of the bad guys, and he disables another gun. I mean, this is, it shows that he is not for guns, and I think the, uh, you know, the, the 
people sleeping with each other outside the room. They they sprinkle in a little bit of humor, saying, "Oh, you got a safe room or something like that." And you know, it's like, "Fuck that! He's out. He's going to be Batman real quick." <laughs> it's like, um, there's like there's humor placed in there, even though all this fucking craziness is going on, and that's what makes good cinematic uh, flair. I think I think that if, if it makes you excited, it makes you scared, it makes you feel something. That that that's something. Now that's something. Um, I, uh, I definitely, I definitely think I enjoy seeing Bruce Wayne fight a little bit more than Batman. I think something about the Batman suit makes it hard to see what, when he's fighting. So seeing Bruce Wayne do some ass whooping, uh, like, like it's cool. It's cool. I remember seeing it in the first Batman Begins when he's doing that and you, you, you see Bruce Wayne actually whooping some ass. So, uh, this finishes out the rest of, uh, the Joker party scene, and, uh... You remind me of my father. I hate my father. Okay, stop. You learn a lot about when he's discussing, uh, his motives with people. When he, he grabs somebody, he's, you know, he talks about, I hated my father, I hated my family, I hate, you know, I want my love back, I want, you know, I want her to know that I don't care about the scars anymore. You know, I'm sorry, these are terrible impressions of uh, Heath Ledger's Joker, but um, it's it's incredible. The, the camera's just shifting around Maggie Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger, and it, it, I just thought about this, that... Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal is siblings with Jake Gyllenhaal, who Heath Ledger was playing in a relationship with her brother. So that is incredible filmmaking, regardless if if you think about it from a just who's all behind the standpoint. Heath Ledger and Mike Maggie Gyllenhaal's brother Jake Gyllenhaal were in Brokeback Mountain and. It's incredible that he uh, Heath Ledger acted with both of these uh, incredible uh, actors and act, uh, act actor and actress. Um, these siblings, these uh, it's it's incredible if you think about it. And it, it, it's truly tragic that we lost such a, an amazing uh, actor. I do feel that the editing on uh, the editing on fighting the Joker still is a little bit choppy. I mean, him fighting the goons is good. Um, Batman fighting the goons, uh, one of the best. It still is sort of hard to see. I just I need a, a freaking wide shot, and some of the times I just didn't get a wide shot. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, I, it was interesting, interesting to see how easy the Joker could take down the Batman with uh, a couple of goons, I would say, and later a couple of dogs. Um, but yeah, the Morgan Freeman scene, uh, blackmail scene, that is that is some next level. Um, let me see. Oh, oh, oh I, I, I almost forgot. Um, they get news on another uh, murder, and this is where the... I don't know if I have this lady's name. It is the partner of Gary Oldman. I think it, her name's Ramirez. Yeah, Ramirez. Um, you start to see her come out a little bit, and she starts to come out at Batman. This is this is the scene where they uh, they find two guys named something 
Harvey and something Dent. Um, and Ramirez is already pissed at Batman, and that is less than an hour in, so they probably already have her um, her on tabs. So I just wanted to keep that on lock because I don't remember ever seeing that lady, and then we see her at the very end when Dent uh, uh, almost takes her out. Um, but we, we do find out she flips some, somewhere along this timeline. Um, Might have been when they're taking the bullet samples here. This is where, when they're doing the samples and whatnot, I, this is where I noticed the, the screens are a little outdated. They, they, they look really old. I mean, just, just really old. Um, like 1980s old, and this is only 10 years ago. Um, why would the... Um, sorry, sorry. The next scene flows into the parade scene, and uh, once again we get to see Bruce Wayne... Uh, be Bruce Wayne and you know take off and I, I do enjoy seeing a lot of Bruce Wayne we get so much of him just as much as Batman um, in, him in suit why the hell would the newscasters uh, why would they try to antagonize the Joker to try to kill the uh, the the, uh, the district attorney uh, during this parade I think this is ridiculous I don't know why they would ever do that um I, this the scene that happens with with Gordon taking getting taken out and Bruce finding all these dudes in this uh in this apartment is just it once again the action it it just kicks it up to the next level again um I guess it was all executed pretty well I don't really have too much to say about it just because it was shot, it was done really well uh I guess it just surprises me the lack of security. I, I guess I don't know. Batman didn't really. Uh, uh, Bruce Wayne did not untie those individuals that were there. Um, okay, so that were in that apartment immediately, and the Joker. Um, the Joker is in like he's not in makeup, but he's got like his prosthetic stuff on, so he still looks creepy as fuck. I mean, how did nobody notice this guy? Um, running in the streets. Um, it, it just blows my mind. I definitely did think that uh, Gordon was dead, though. I was like, damn, we lost him. Lost a good one. So, you see, this is kind of the descendant, uh, the descent of madness for Dent. And uh, once he sees Rachel's name, um, we do see Gordon's family is uh, told that he has been, he's been taken out. Um, I don't think this family is served at all. And, oh, as a matter of fact, I don't feel like women in the entire uh, Dark Knight movie are served uh, very well at all. I think that they're underwritten and um, kind of just there. I mean, Maggie Gyllenhaal has agency. She's a three-dimensional. She's a full, fully realized character. It's just I don't feel like she can ever hold herself, and she's always being taken, taken away by the Joker. Or by someone's always having to save her or something like that. I don't, we don't need that anymore. You know, we never did. We, women can take care of themselves. And that's, that's the, that's the point of uh, progression now. So one thing I definitely thought this club scene was freaking ridiculous. The, the music in it is just, what the fuck is this music? I, 
I just wanted you to hear that because this music is just ridiculous. And this is Batman taking out all of the goons to try to get Maroney so he can understand where where the Joker's uh, where he is and what he's doing. But it is just some weird, weird funk. I don't know what the heck kind of club that was. Uh, but we also find out that uh, Shift Thomas is um, is the guy that Dent is about to take out. Um, I thought. I thought it was a good scene, you know. We 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 never see this actor ever again. I uh, I think I saw this the guy that plays Shift Thomas um oh, Ant-Man, I think. Ant-Man and the Wasp, he was in that. Um not bad. He was playing some sort of weird um goon or something like that. I don't know. But uh yeah, I thought that was uh done really well. We do see Dent go into a little bit more mad madness. I definitely think that uh Batman should have probably keeping a closer eye on Dent because he, if he was already trying to kill people that way, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, another thing that we're led into, um, we find out that Bruce Wayne's going to give himself up as the Batman, and right before he does, he's going to burn everything he has in this random ass furnace that happens to be in the Batcave. I mean, has that been there the whole time? Was that even there the first scene? I mean, what what the hell? Um, I think this is where. Aaron Eckhart has to really start to bring the bring the chops, bring the bring the fire is what I normally say. I mean, he is acting his ass off, and I think that uh, this is one of his best performances. I wish I would have seen this guy do a little bit more. I think he was playing alongside Tom Hanks and uh, Sully most recently. I think that's what I saw him. But I mean, he's a good actor, and I don't want him to get these terrible London has fallen um, type movies. I mean, he's a good actor, and he's a good action star as well. Um, well, not action star, but I mean, he can hold himself in an action movie. Um, the the lockup of Harvey Dent leads to. Um, Rachel Dawes leaving, being pissed, trying to uh, leaving the penthouse and um, going in to see Aaron Eckhart and the, uh, Harvey Dent get taken in as as Batman, and uh, you you find out you know he doesn't leave luck up to chance and that that that, that it's it's a cool little coin flip thing kind of deal and how it turns on itself um, how he turns into Two Face is really important um, the. Um, next scene is obviously I, there's so many memorable scenes. They're, they're like set. I wouldn't say set pieces, but they're action scenes that happen that uh, just stand out from any other movie. And other movies could clamor to try to get as good. Um, this is when they are traveling um, under the city because of the diverted route with the fire truck that's on fire I, I can't even tell you what what happened there I, it must be some sort of metaphor um but this is where we have uh some of the best action in the movie it feels real um i'm pretty sure batman comes out of nowhere and takes out that guy in the trash can and kills that guy i mean i i'm there's people definitely have to die in this um and slaughter is the best medicine uh, by changing the laughter to an S, that is perfect. I want to know who who thought of that because I didn't even know that they were spelt the same until I looked at it and I was like, wait a second, all you had to do was add an S, and uh, it, it's incredible. I mean, um, this is it, it's an action scene that has not been matched since.
So I definitely think that this is some of the best action we get in most of the movie. I mean, this is uh, there's hand to hand combat. There's vehicle to vehicle combat. There is there's gunfights. There is explosions. There is crazy shit happening. I'm telling you. And I think that everything down to this uh, this scene, even down to when they have the Joker driving the truck and. Uh, He's he's like oh I love this job you know it's it's he is so crazy and menacing and maniacal it's just ridiculous um the the part where uh, the Batman is abandons his uh, his bat Batmobile and he's going full on bat bat cycle or whatever that is the coolest bat cycle I've ever seen and all the movies I mean there hasn't been anything really close to that um in uh, Design, I, I don't think. I, I think it's probably one of the be best bat cycle, bat, bat cycles. It's hard, hard to say that we've seen. And they even have time to sprinkle in some uh, humor. I mean, they have uh, Batman taking out mirrors. They have him blowing up some cars. I mean, he's going through the mall. I mean, this is it's an incredible scene. I, I don't know how better else to say it. Um, Every with everything's working on all fours, you know that the technicals, even the CGI, I'd say, look really well. It, the, the plane crash, the helicopter crash, um, it's just crazy. I would say that it is pretty obvious that Gordon is is sitting right there. Once you look at it, um, once you look at the fact that the driver doesn't say anything for the entire time that all this shit is going on, absolutely no reason to cover him up except for maybe Joker reasons. Him seeing Gordon. Um, there's a guy in the truck that I don't remember at all. They must have like some sort of scene where the guy's talking, but he doesn't say anything the entire movie. That uh, when when Joker is in the in the truck, um, so yeah, he he never says anything. I I kind of thought that would have been relevant for some reason. Um. But yeah, I, the technicals, amazing. Whoever whoever was thinking about all this technical stuff from uh, and from that standpoint is, is masterpiece. It's masterful, and I can still remember that uh, that truck flipping over, and it's like it's silent as it's flipping over. I think they dropped the sound just momentarily. It, it, it wonderfully done, wonderfully done. Um, another classic. Um, Oh, before I before I jump any further, the uh, I don't know if I enjoyed Batman uh, not hitting the Joker. I'm not really sure what I wanted him to do. I definitely wanted him to to attempt something. I know Batman Batman's killed other people. He, he killed other goons. He he should he, he I think he could have. I just wanted him maybe the Joker to shoot the tires out or something like that. So he Batman doesn't just fly into the truck and fall off the motorcycle. It didn't it didn't make a hundred percent sense to me. Um but yeah. Um I I like it when he, they're trying to get the mask off of Batman and uh, Joker jumps on his own goon. He's like blah, 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 blah. he's trying to he's trying to rough him up a little bit. But yeah. We found out 
Commissioner Gordon's been undercover the whole time. Um, yeah, I think he could have told his wife. There's no reason for him not to have told his wife. Um, we're going to speed this up a little bit into the next one. Um, yeah, we get a little bit more of Ramirez. We definitely see how she, she looks like she already knows what the deal is from here. Um, them showing all the stuff that the Joker has. Uh, I, I think that this upcoming scene with the Joker... Um, is another classic. I mean, once again, shot beautifully. The cinematography is just uh, compelling on another of another level. I mean, you just can't get enough. I mean, you see you see his face illuminating in the dark. I mean, how do they even do that? I mean, um, I, I know there's technical ways you can do it, but I mean, the, the way they did it is just masterful. Um, and I like when they turn on the light and wham, he just yeah, he gets whacked with that that Batman smack. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. Just another one. Um, we definitely see the guy that took Dent home. Um, after all that craziness, the guy that took to Harvey Dent home is standing beside Commissioner Gordon already outside of the, uh, police unit when they're talking to the Joker. So they already have guys on the inside. Um, I don't know if anyone had noticed that already. Um, during the explosion, um, well, l let me talk about the ass whooping that that Joker receives. Some of this commentary of them saying, you know, were were the same. Um, I kind of felt it, and I kind of didn't. You know, they're both wearing masks. They're both trying to kind of keep their identity. They'll cast you out like a leper. See, they're So I think they, uh, the, I don't think, I think everyone knows that this is an amazing scene with uh, Heath Ledger and Christian Bale. They are acting their freaking asses off. I, I'm going to go back and look at some, uh, some tapes, some, what, some tapes, some videos to see if I can find what they had to say about Heath Ledger because he is so good. He's so good. Um, maniacal. I, I can't think of a better word, I guess. Just, just crazy. Um, so yeah, he sends them into a madness to go get uh, Dent, and then he goes to uh, after he gets a, receives an ass whooping from Batman. I mean, he probably could have got a worse ass whooping from Batman, but uh, yeah, he he's setting everybody up. He's got Dent and Rachel are you know tied up next to uh, barrels of oil about to explode. Um, during their discussion, I I they do kind of feel pretty. Uh, not upset, but they feel okay, uh, I guess. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Rachel, I would be freaking the fuck out. I'd be like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I'd be screaming. I would be screaming. I don't know what the fuck I would be. I, just get me the fuck out of here, you know? I mean, uh, yeah. So, Batman uh, ends up getting tricked to go save uh, Harvey Dent. And in this meantime, when all this is going on, uh, Joker is antagonizing, you know, 
the twenty twenty year man saying he's you know he's turned in some of his friends into cowards and stuff like that, and um, uh, he he ends up escaping, trying to escape from jail with a phone call with the the explosion, the bomb that is in the other prisoner. And that was a crazy scene. That was before I was really apt to anything that, you know, that type of operational torturism stuff. I don't know what that's called, but having a bomb in a dude explode was just another level of uh, crazy. And, uh, yeah, so Batman saves Dent, and which is, begins the creation of Harvey Dent, uh, Two-Face. Um, Joker, Joker gets the hell out of there. Um, when Joker, oh no, when Batman, uh, saves Harvey Dent, don't they hear, um, Rachel's voice? I mean, I swear they hear Rachel's. So I think that they should be able to hear her voice on the phone. Like, I don't understand why Batman didn't talk to Rachel a little bit longer. I don't, I don't know. It's a little bit difficult. And so they do have to get him out of the, out of that shit. So he ends up exploding, you know, half his face goes up in flames. Um, yeah, it, it, it was another one. So, uh, Lau escapes and... One of my favorite scenes is when having having Heath Ledger outside of the cop car. Um, it's just it's a memorable scene. Um, so yeah, I um, yeah, I also wonder in this next scene <laughs> um, why is the television anchor trying to follow this story so intensely? I'm uh, with uh, the Batman's. Uh, guy coming out of revealing the Batman who he is um, he literally leaves his desk and leaves all that craziness and um, it is it, it, he's literally in the in the building where everybody is getting shot it's just some next level so sorry I, I jumped ahead a little bit but Commissioner Gordon and Dent have a wonderful scene about you know the this is the creation of Two-Face and this is him on the hospital discussing about you know you know what is fair, what is what what isn't. Listen to me now. I'm sorry. No. No, you're not. Not yet. So this it it really shows uh, Dent's uh, state. Um, he is not doing good. Um, I don't. I don't know. The uh, the next scene is Joker burning the money with Lau on top, and the mobsters getting taken out. I mean, Joker's taking out everybody one by one, and he doesn't give a shit about money. All he gives a shit about is bullets and gasoline, I guess. Um, and he just wants to create chaos, and uh, hell. I think he does. All you care about is money. This town deserves a better class criminal. I'm gonna give it to him. Tell your men they work for me now. This is my city. You won't work for a freak. 
why don't we cut you up into little pieces and feed you to your pooches? Hmm? And then we'll see how loyal a hungry dog really is. So, from that message Joker sends, he says, get everybody, tell, reveal the identity of Batman or he's going to blow up a hospital or the guys, kill that man or the the guys, uh, kill that guy or he's going to blow up a hospital. Sorry, I, I, I said that wrong. Kill the guy that's going to reveal Batman's identity or he's going to blow up a hospital, which is an intense, a hell of an intense uh, scenario just to just to put on anybody. So, within all that, the the, the craziness ensues. It uh, it brings upon one of the most memorable scenes, which is Harvey Dent and uh, Joker. So, uh, I'm not sure how uh, Harvey Dent wouldn't have known that was the Joker. I mean, you could see clearly his uh his makeup the entire time, but um. Yeah, I I do think the scene is uh, what shows. I mean, Heath Ledger is good with anybody on screen. It is an, an incredible. Um, uh, the the Joker has a lot of trust that Harvey Dent is not going to kill him. And even if he, I don't know, it, even if he did kill him, I guess he would still create Harvey Dent the the monster, and he'd still win. So I don't I don't really know where the uh, he he wanted to ensue that what is fair is fair you know this is fair this is, chaos is fair um i'm not sure uh, i'm not sure if i believe that um if i was in dent's place i'd probably take the joker out right then and there i mean who else would you take out i i, I don't know but so he does i guess a really good job as best a job as you could to say that I was in jail and that my goons were the ones that killed your girl. Um, but you still like, you're the mastermind, man. I don't, I don't know if I would ever not take that guy out first. I don't know. Um, yeah, so it, it, it was hard to believe for a little bit that, uh, that would happen. I, I did find out, um, during the explosion scene, uh, the hospital exploding when he's getting into the bus, he kind of like, he goes, like the the trigger is not working for the explosion and he is like freaking out he's like what the fuck and he's like Pfft. and then he's like oh fuck fuck and he jumps back in the, the bus that sh that was not supposed to happen that was actually uh um oversight on uh, people behind the scenes so uh, they kept it anyways i think um we'll just jump into the next couple scenes real quick Let's see what do we got. What do we got? We got the introduction of um, the the oversight, the the Big Brother oversight that Bruce Wayne has created. The technology that has created all phones to bounce signals off each other to um to create like a sonar device and. Morgan Freeman is kind of the voice of reason with this, and he's explaining this is wrong, and we shouldn't have this much power. And um, it, it, it's probably true. I, I definitely don't think that we should be monitored like that at all. Um, it's an invasion of privacy to like a super extent. Um, but yeah, but I guess if you're trying to get the Joker, I guess he just has to make 
make do. Um, the next few scenes show uh, Dent going ape shit and uh, taking out everyone he can. Um, it's really bumping up the pressure about you know who's responsible, who did that, who did. He's taking out Maroney's men. He's taking out the uh, Gordon's men. He's taking out as many people that are responsible with that as possible, with the exception of Bruce Wayne and. Maybe Michael Michael Caine might have been an interesting person he could have went to try to take out. I'm glad I'm glad Michael Caine made it. Um, which, by the way, I haven't said enough. He brings so much uh, gravitas; it is incredible. He he really grounds this um, this series in a lot of ways. Um, I thought the whole boat scene uh everybody remembers the boat scene from the dark knight having two separate boats one are full of prisoners one are full of regular individuals or, or non-prisoners um i think that they might in the real world might try to blow up the prisoner um prisoner boat i'm i don't want to say that you know i i would be on the regular boat and say you know we should blow them up but i think that we this movie might be too optimistic in saying that. Saying that, I don't know, but um, it, it'd be interesting. I'll, I'll see if I can get someone to have a conversation with me. I'll, I'll upload the podcast about what what would what would happen. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was absolutely crazy. I don't know why they couldn't just throw the bomb off of the off of the ship or something like that. I'm not really sure. I don't know if there was enough explaining about that. Like, there was a lot of barrels of uh, gasoline down there, so underneath the boats, so maybe they couldn't get them all, all out in time, but I still think they might have been able to do something. I'm not really sure. Um, I do think that it was a little bit problematic having the biggest, scariest guy, like, trying to... Um, trying to get the trigger and then the guy with the voice uh, another guy with the the voice of reason or something you know they've had their time you know they they've had their they've had their chance and they decided to become prisoners it's like but so that means you can blow them up or something like that i mean it 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 became a real conversation um starter on, on some levels about you know how much how many how do they have the same rights as uh individuals that didn't commit felonies and stuff like that i don't know um they don't really go into it too much except saying maybe that it should be a fair fair equal playing field and uh you, there's good in humanity that the joker was not expecting so this leads batman to jump in headfirst into joker's plan he sees all he sees that all of the uh clowns are actually the good guys and the doctors are the bad guys and that just like any nolan ism you find out that things aren't exactly as they seem and uh that's why he has to start taking out the swat team members which that that brings me to saying i think that this movie works so much better on many levels with um uh, now, I don't think that Batman always needs to be fighting uh, SWAT team members, but having him s- fight somebody that is uh, of substantial um, resistance, you know, they they have 
<clears throat> they have armor. They're actual people. They're not aliens. We can we know their their skill base. Um, it 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 grounds it in a way that uh, like Suicide Squad or something like that. I, I I'm comparing that a lot. Um, would would do. You know, they had like those those glee blob looking things that were they were fighting it 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 feels meaningless when someone is whacking a glee blob versus if super uh, batman is um you know kicking uh, a swat guy down a shaft or something like that i mean it 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 feels real and it feels grounded um this movie kills more dogs than I even remember. I, the dogs were a big problem for Batman, evidently, in the first and second movies. I don't remember too much in the first one, but the second one, Joker basically takes down Batman with three dogs in a net. And if Joker had probably more guns or you know more skilled um, individuals with him, the Batman probably would have had in just. A hell of a time just trying to contain them um because i mean he, he's just a man himself so finishing up this action scene uh batman kicks all the swat team members off the building and you know they're going to be saved um he saves the rest of individuals still some of the best um action um this leads us into them about to think about blowing up the boat. We know we get this, you know, you get the voice of reason and then the prisoner. Um, neither one, one throws the, the, both of them do the diversion. You know, the, the, the biggest, tallest prisoner takes, takes the trigger and throws it out the window, which nobody was expecting. And then the other guy says, yeah, all right, you know, they've had their time and I'm going to do it. And so he obviously doesn't do it. So, like I said earlier, for the betterment of the people. Um, and it was, it was a straight up diversion. Um, I think that the Joker, Bruce Wayne, uh, or uh, sorry, Batman scene, the, the fighting works really well. Um, it's not, like I said, always a hundred percent the best. And, uh, I'm not really sure how Joker has so much, um, he doesn't have any fighting ability, but he's taking Batman down and he's, it, it, it looks bad. Um, for for Batman at that point, um, but he knows that that the uh, the boats are not going to blow. So it's uh it's interesting how it how it happens. He ends up you know hitting him with the the bat things the the in his arm and it spikes into uh, the Joker's face and then he kicks him off and throws him off the building and then he saves him. It's a very interesting scene how it's shot, just how fast it goes and he just pulls him back up and you think, you think Joker's going to get taken down, uh, or he's going down, but he pulls him back up and they have like a short, uh, short little bit of dialogue. And I thought that that dialogue is, uh, I don't remember that dialogue that well, so I was like, um, I'm not really sure how I'm going to feel about them keeping Joker alive, and I don't remember exactly what the what the words were, the um, what the last few words were when it came to this m maniacal guy. This is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable 
And as he's upside down, the camera turns upside down so it matches his face, and so you can see what he, see what his face is, his expressions are. So the, yeah, I think that the the Joker scene is like on some next level. I, I definitely think that it shows how the Joker is like laughing to the point where he is in tears. I mean, it, it, it describes his entire persona and his entire character. It is is flawless. I, I, I wouldn't say flawlessly executed, but I would say it's expertly executed. And I think that it is done in a way that can't be matched. I mean, if you are going to make a villain and you're going to turn the camera upside down and have him monologue about, you know, immovable objects and stuff like that, you, you, there's no way you're not going to get compared to the the Heath Ledger that we 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 got. I mean, it, it, it's it's incredible. I think that the. The acting caliber, the the cinematography, the uh, the writing, everything is on par. Everything is super on par. But this also leads us to the next um, scene with Harvey Dent and Gordon. The final scene consists of Gordon going to find his family taken by Harvey Dent and his suit that's been burned i uh i don't know what i think about this i uh i definitely think that the uh, um the overall tone of this last bit is it's difficult it's it's a uh, i think that this um this scene shows the falling of harvey dent probably the best I mean, it, it, it really wraps it up to the nth degree. But, I mean, it, I don't know if I wanted to see him try to, to take out Gordon's family. Gordon's family, who we haven't seen really the entire series. And I want to say they get a divorce in the third, ep the third, but I'm not exactly sure. And I won't try to <laughs> talk about it too much. Um, But I, I, I don't think Gordon really is a great father in this scene. I mean, as soon as, as Batman takes Dent out, um, he goes down and checks on Dent and Batman instead of um, instead of consoling uh, his his family and his son who were almost just taken out and his daughter who I didn't even know he had a daughter I don't even think he his daughter is ever mentioned or we even see her face so I'm not even sure um, women are just not uh, written strongly in this uh, very strongly they're just not written to the nth degree like they should be in this they, they they should have some agency and they they need more than just maggie gyllenhaal bringing all of the heat um so yeah i thought that re-watching this scene with gordon dent and batman and gordon's family i just thought that um you know once again it's executed perfectly i just don't know if gordon reacted the way a father would react with his son and his family at risk. You you go check on Batman and not your family. Um, what? Well, I don't know about that. So, um, Batman falls off of the uh, falls off of the uh, what's it called the, the balcony. Um, I don't know. Maybe 
six to seven floors down and he goes to check on Batman before he's going to check on the the family and the kid is almost immediately okay with what just happened I don't know it, it the editing's a little eh, like I said um but um it does lead into a really good segment of them explaining how uh someone has to be blamed for you know what happened and so I definitely think that uh it, it, it uh, you know I, it's not executed perfectly at the very end to my personal uh perception no my opinion but I think they did an excellent job with how much shit was going on in this movie I mean they literally brought everything into into a close as much as possible with the exception of maybe the Joker because they wanted to bring that guy back I mean they they had so many balls in the air that they they had to keep some playing that they wanted to but they unfortunately did you know they lost Ledger so um yeah I think they did a really excellent job Yeah, so that that yeah, it that last shot always wants me wants me to just hit that replay button. It is just like so good that it's it's extremely replayable. Um, the ending time is two hours and twenty four minutes. Uh, but yeah, it it's an amazing film. Uh, let me roll some final thoughts uh, off. For you, like I said earlier, best, best, best bat cycle we've ever seen. Um, last shot still gives me the chills. Hans Zimmer, good God, so good. Um, that score, um, and I just, I just want more. All I want is more of that, and uh, we, you can't. And even with the Dark Knight Rises, it's, it's so tonally different. Um, it doesn't feel anywhere even in the same realm. And I'm not sure if it's because we don't have the Joker, if it's because we uh, are just missing a piece, or if, or if this is just a, such a complete pile, um, uh, a com- sorry, pile, This if this is a, such a complete uh, package of uh, product that we don't want to have anything else. This is uh, It's like a mini-series. It's a, it is essentially a mini-series if you added a little more time to it. Um, but yeah, this is an amazing movie. Ten years later, it's still an amazing movie. Um, I, 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 I did talk about the things I, I wasn't too hot about, but, um, and I got some things that we really did like, I mean, it's an incredible movie. I I can't get over it. I think this is, uh, this is going to be a classic for a long time standing. Um, 
I do wish there were a couple more stronger female women characters. Maggie Gyllenhaal brings as much as she can. The writing for her is very on par for her. It's, uh, the thing is, we just don't have enough. Maybe, uh, I think they heard that in the third Dark Knight Rises, and they brought, uh, Anne Hathaway, and I think she does a good job for what it is. Um, but, um, yeah, I, th this movie is just so spectacularly good. Um, I can't get over it. It's definitely top ten in my all times. Um, it, it's a crime. It's a drama. It happens to have your superhero undertones in it, but it's not overbearing, and I think that's why it works. I think that the um, the consistency of the the spectacle is just on a level that can't be obtained by anyone else. Um, ex uh, this 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 Joker literally uh, this this role took his life. So it it it's uh, it's next level, and we're, you know we we lost a tremendous actor, um, Heath Ledger, but it also was uh, a. a, a and a performance of a lifetime. And so I can't think of him enough for being such an incredible actor. And um, hopefully we we can uh, recognize that. And we'll, we'll remember this uh, this podcast. Hopefully the, they'll remember to remember uh, Heath Ledger and, uh, you know, check out The Dark Knight. So I hope everyone really enjoyed the 10th uh, anniversary of The Dark Knight podcast. Um let me know if you have any suggestions. Rate, share, subscribe, SoundCloud, YouTube. We have all the popular podcast apps. Uh, check us out. Lucky Dog Podcast at Twitter. Email us at theluckydogpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and take it easy. <laughs>